This is a repeat broadcast of Digging Deep. Listen and be blessed. Praise the Lord. Shall we pray? In Jesus' name. Our Father and our Lord, we want to thank you. We thank you, Lord, for this privilege to learn at your feet. We save you, thou glorified in Jesus' name. Your word says the entrance of your words gives light and it gives understanding unto the simple. Lord, we pray that you lighten our path this evening in Jesus' name. Brighten our hearts to receive your word in the name of Jesus. Open our eyes to see wondrous things in your words in the mighty name of Jesus. Let your word sustain our homes in the mighty name of Jesus. And let your name alone be praised. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Welcome once again to Digging Deep tonight. Like we mentioned earlier on, this evening we are looking at sustaining the fire in our home. And our text is taken from the book of Leviticus, chapter 6, verse 13. Leviticus, chapter 6, verse 13. And it reads, The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. This particular verse is more or less an instruction from the Lord Almighty to us. And um, our home can be likened to the altar of God. Not even likened, our home is an altar of God. Because many times we have been told that we are priests in our home. And so where there's a priest, there's an altar. And the instruction of God this evening is that the fire must ever be burning in our altar, inversely, in our homes. So before we go on, it's good that we look into the definition of fire. Or we just try to describe what fire is. Because it will help us to understand the impact of fire in our home. As we mentioned in the introduction, fire happens to be one of the elements you know, we have in, the, in our universe. The others being water, air, and earth. So fire, as we have it in introduction, maybe I will just allow one of us to read the introduction to enable us to understand, um, I mean to enable us to share together our understanding of fire. So can we start with you, Pastor? Olubolu, please, can you just read the introduction and then tell us what you understand by the fire then. While daddy, please open to the book of Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 29. Mommy, we read Zechariah 13.9 for us. Zechariah 13.9. Okay, go ahead, sir. Fire is a powerful element. Mm -hmm. It can destroy and it can purify, mm. bringing out value and substance. Okay, sir. Yes, what do you understand? I mean, yeah, what is that passage telling us? Fire is, it does two things, and it acts in two ways, positively or negatively. Positively, it can purify. Something like gold must go through fire for it to come out shiny. And negatively, Fire can destroy. A little bit of fire in, in science 
can cause so much destruction. That fire is a very powerful element indeed. Thank you, sir. Okay, can we take that scripture then? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29. Hebrews the Lord. 12, Zechariah chapter, um, Zechariah chapter 13, verse 9. 13, verse 9. This thought I will put into the fire. I will refine them like silver and test them like gold. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say they are my people and they shall say the Lord is our God. Hallelujah. So what fire does here is that it purifies. Purifies. When gold goes through fire, it comes out shining. Praise the Lord. Thank you, ma. So that's to embellish what we have read in the introduction. Go ahead, sir. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29. Yes. For our God is a consuming fire. Consuming fire. Of God, anything that is consumed by God's fire is either becomes holy or is condemned. Is 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 sent to hell. That's how I understand it. The consuming fire of God. We are, we, we pray that the, the 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 fire of God should consume our souls. To make us, to make us, to make us brighter, to make us more sanctified. So the continuing fire of God can turn one into holiness, and then if it is to destroy, it can destroy. Thank you, sir. What we are trying to bring out from that passage is that the fire of God can do two things, either of two things. It can either consume, meaning to destroy. When fire touches wood, that wood will not remain the same again. Neither will it be useful again. In other words, anything that fire touches becomes useless because it becomes a damaged good. On the other hand, the same fire that can consume can also bring out value. Like when it touches gold, it purifies gold, bring out its beauty, and add value to it. And so relating it to our homes now, we are saying that, look, the fire of God can do these two things. Even in our homes, it can either destroy it, or it can bring out its beauty and bring out his va the value, I mean, make our homes valuable. And it is when our homes become valuable that it can impact our world, which is the whole plan of God. Praise the Lord. So in continuing the introduction, go ahead, sir. The impact of fire on you 
is dependent on what you are made of. That is, whatever we make, we ignite fire. It depends on who we are. If we are wood, the fire will consume quickly. But if we are gold, it will not consume as it consumes a wood or paper. It will consume, but almost uh, make someone a uh, 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 pure. Is your home made of wood or made of metal? And that's exactly what I was trying to refer to. If it's of wood, the, the consumption will be very, very fast. But if it's of metal, it takes a gradual process. Second Timothy 2 Timothy 2.20. Second Timothy 2.20. Second Timothy 2.20. 2.20 says, In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. That is, some are for honor and some are for dishonor. That is, in a large house, we have special dishes, probably for special visitors. And we have some common stuff that we use in the toilet, in the bathroom. We cannot use even the bowl that we use in the toilet to take Gary. You know, even for ourselves, not to talk of visitors. So it depends on the value that we place on us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. In essence, from that scripture we just read now, our homes can either be made of wood or of metal. And in the context that we are discussing tonight, a home that is without God is the one that is represented by wood. A home that all the inhabitants, the families, they are born again, they are redeemed, they are saved, they belong to God, is what is referred to a home that is filled with metal. Praise the Lord. I want us to be careful with this classification of wood and metal. I want us to be very careful with this classification of wood and metal because wood is also useful. There are some furniture that you cannot use metal for. It's wood that you will use. And there are some furniture that it is metal that you use. Even when wood is burnt up, ashes are useful. It comes to ashes and it is useful. So I, I want us to be very careful. In America, in UK, the, America in particular, they build their houses with wood because of their weather. If they should build it with brick, it is going to keep in the cold and they don't need the cold weather. So I just want this little clarification about the use of wood yes. and metal because from this def um, version, from my own version, it says some are for special occasion and some are for common. So every vessel is useful. As far as I am concerned, every vessel is useful. There, it depends on the occasion. I just wanted to make this little clarification. Yes, so thank Praise you, ma'am. That clarification is is, um, is very very um, needed, especially for those that do not have this manual. And that's why in the manual you will notice that it is in 
quotation, it is in brackets, to explain that, you know, we are not talking about wood as a um, substance. We are just using it to describe what can happen. So it's just a distortion. So we are, we, wood is very, everything that God has created is useful and important. So we just need to picture, put it in a way, in a picture that it will be understandable of and so what is the thing that fire can destroy? So that's why so that's why it's a quotation. Praise the Lord. Sir? Yes, sir. Uh, what I also want to add here is that uh, I'm even happy that mommy raised that point. With regards to this our topic, we are talking of consuming fire. Of God. Now, luckily, as the pastor has said, it's in the better commas. We are talking of if we burn the wood, we burn it, it cannot come back to the wood again. It turns to ashes, and from there, the priest can take it with treasure. Why I think they put this wood here is that, but like a metal, which, let me give you an example like that of gold. Even silver. If gold, if we see a piece of gold now in its raw form, nobody will like it. It doesn't make any sense to everybody. Okay. But when, when it now goes through intense fire, the hotter self it is, the more value of the gold will come out. I think that's why they want us to know metal and wood. Okay, thank you. The, the, the focus of this teaching is to sustain the fire that is burning in our homes. The fire they are talking about, the fire that can make us to come out shining, even though there might be heat around us, but something that will keep us burning and not crushing us, not destroying us, but something that will make us to come out shining, to refine us. That is just what we are saying. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for those um, contributions. And so, like uh, Miracle said, we are also assuming that those that we are talking to tonight, we are already talking about sustaining the fire. You can't sustain a fire that is not present. And for the fire to be present, you must have been born again, and the Holy Spirit is dwelling with you in your home. So for as many that are hearing us tonight, and they, in the, they, are, they are not born again, their families are not born again, I think the first step they need to take is to ensure that they are born again. That is when the fire we are talking about now, the Holy Ghost fire, can come and dwell in their homes. Okay. Praise the Lord. And so, God's expectation for us is that our homes be refined and pure. valuable so that it can have the it can be impactful to the world that is the plan of God that is the desire of God and so then how do we now ensure that our the fire in our homes is sustained those are the things the main topic we want to look into tonight hallelujah so this is how we do it. 
um, Pastor Lubodun will start off with for us. Number one, you take number one. Please, before we go on, I want us to correct that text. Colossians chapter 3 is verse 17, not verse 7. Colossians chapter 3 is verse 17. Okay, so Pastor Lubodun will start off with us. You take number one. Mommy will take number two. While Daddy will take number three. What to do to sustain the fire in our homes? Number one, we are asked to let our home meet God's standard. Meet God's standard. It shows that we may have our own standard, but the standard of God, the Bible says, stands sure. He said the standard of God stands sure. Having an inscription that God knows those people that are his. And everyone that named the name of God should depart from iniquity. So which means God has a solid standard. And he cannot bend his own standard for anything. He doesn't compromise. So we must let our standard meet God's standard. That is, no matter what we are carrying, no matter what is happening around us, no matter the belief, that is exactly what God is trying to say. No matter the belief concerning home management, the belief, but let our belief meet up to God's standard. God can you give God us just one example before we read the scripture? Can you give us one example so that we can practicalize it of the standard of God against the standard of man? The standard of God against the standard of man, yes. Number one, even in terms of money. You see, God money is as money is very important in homes or marriage, uh, one has to be a bit careful because. Is told us in his word, he said the love of money, you know, is, is, it will lead to destruction. The love for money, the desperation for money. But the Bible says something, he said, look ye, he said, seek ye the kingdom of heaven, and every other thing shall be added. That is, the standard of God says, forgetting about the, you know, the, the, though they are necessary, they are normal for us, but we should make our focus on God. The one that, that can provide, that can sustain every other thing that we need. So that is one of the standards of God. Many of us, we may really want to look up to ourselves. Oh, we want to sustain ourselves. We want to make money. We want to do this. We want to, which is really okay. Because money answers all things as according to the scripture. But the love of money is the root of all evil. When someone is too desperate to make this money, like we are seeing in our community, as soon as the president finishes, I mean, finished his speech yesterday. Those people selling fuel stopped immediately. If I got to NAPs, I saw them when they were selling because I went to pick someone. Coming back to buy again, they've already shut down their, their, they are still selling now. Some of them are said they will sell at night. So it's the beginning of all levels. They love for, they are so desperate. So that is exactly what God is telling us that we should, that our standard, the so-called standard, the so-called belief the so-called uh, 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 desire should meet up to his own standard. God says our focus, he said we should look up to the things of, I mean, we should look up to heavenly things, not on earthly things. Though the earthly things are important, but our focus should be mainly on heavenly things. So that's one of the standards of God. Okay. And in uh, Colossians, Colossians 3, Colossians 3, 17, my NIV script, uh, version says, and whatever you do, whether in the world or indeed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, 
giving thanks to God the Father through him. He said, whatsoever we do, whether in words or deed, do it in the name of the Lord, giving thanks. You know, some of us, we do, we help, like we said yesterday, last week, that the family of impact. Some of us, we do high service. And we, we are not doing it unto God. Some of us, we, before we give someone something, we announce it. Just like the government will do. Government will tell this road, they will call on the cameras, everybody press to come and cover it so that everybody will know they are actually doing something. God does not want that. He said whatever one hand is doing, the other hand should not know. So these are God's standard, God's way of doing things. And that's exactly how God wants our family to be like. So what is, this, what is God's standard for establishing a home and family? Genesis 2, 24. Maybe we should try and read Genesis 2, 24. We're looking at God's standard of establishing a home. And that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife. And they become one flesh. And this is also... What is the standard for marriage? That's what we want to look at there. Hey, standard of marriage is a man and a woman, not man and man. You know, what we want to look at is, today, the standard of man is trial marriage, for example. Let's try it, whether it will work. If it doesn't work, we scatter it. That's the standard of men. But what is the standard of God? Uh, that one is just a new development. In the beginning, it was also... I went into marriage with the consciousness that I cannot go back. Uh -huh. So, but in these days, I was still counseling a, a would-be couple today, and I said, "You need to know if God is in this thing with you, because trials will come." The brother was saying, "I just have peace," and I said, "Ah, the challenges ahead of you, that peace will fly through the window, but when you know who brought you together." The house on the rock and the house on the sand, it was by reason of foundation. They that do know their God shall be strong and do exploit. So, the standard of God for marriage has not changed. A man will leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and two of them shall be one flesh. So, whatever God has joined together, let no man, let no situation, let no challenges put asunder. That's the word of God. Praise the Lord. Another modern standard is baby mamas. Is that the standard of God for fruitfulness, for bringing forth children? No. No, that's not. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And again, there was this uh, uh, a story that came up in the social media. A, play, a footballer, an Egyptian, actually married uh, maybe an um, uh, European, and the marriage, you know, collapsed. And then the lady was trying to get something out of the marriage. And uh, unfortunately for the, the lady girl, the, uh, the boy already willed his properties to his mom. And it became a serious news, even in church, that people were hailing the, the, the guy that he actually did right, that he willed his own property to the mom so that the woman, by the virtue of divorce, will not get any share from his property. And this thing became a serious argument, even among Christians, 
Now, are we supporting illegality? Is marriage, when has the marriage become a contract that when it doesn't work, I have a percentage to share in the goodies of the marriage? So I think this, this is one of the, the, the standard of men that they go into marriage just because of business deal. You know, the man is rich, so once you are married to him, you can, when you divorce, you can share part of the, the, the properties. And if the woman is richer, definitely the man will get a percentage. So it is not really... I think the uh, issue uh, is, if going back to mom, what mommy said earlier, they enter into the marriage not for companionship, yes. but so that, look, this man is rich. Let me marry him now. In three years' time, I will divorce him and get half of his wealth. Yes. So if you go into a marriage with that orientation, with that mindset, are you following the standard of God for marriage? No. This can only work in developed countries. Somebody does that in Nigeria. Oh, talk, pata, pata, oh, tore. That, that person is just receiving himself or herself. Because we don't have any law that says we should share. You are on your own. The man kicks you out and marries another. You don't have any belonging. But in developed countries, they have all these things. And women always win men abroad. Women, whatever a woman says, and that is why some women can say, I'm going, I'm going. Because they know that if there's a divorce, they will have good share that can keep them through life. Praise the Lord. It can't happen yeah. in Nigeria. Okay, so can you quickly round up for us with um, God's standard for family relationship? Well, God's standard, God's standard for family relationship is very clear. In uh, Colossians 3, from verse 18, Wives, submit to your husband as to the Lord. Husband, love your wife. This, this is just the standard of God. A wife should submit. Submission is not by kneeling down every morning, every night. Submission, your will, your desire, your finance, your vision, you know, for him to share with you. And also the man should love, not just because of sex, not just because you want your food to be in place at the right time. But love her, even when she's not lovable, love her unconditionally. And that is kind of agape love that God even desires from us. And I pray God will help us. These are the standard of God. And even for children, obey your parents as if you are obeying God. So these are just God's standard, God's way of, you know, helping us in our marriages. Thank you, Sam. And so this is asking us to go back to our home and to check our home, to check our family. Are we still maintaining the standard of God in every area of our lives? Okay, mommy, number two, ma'am. Praise the Lord. Because of our time, I think we need to move fast. If we look at uh, outline two, it says, God knows the plans. Know the plans of God for your home. Know the plans of God for your home. The plan of God for my home is different from his plan for another person's home. What God wants to do with my home is not what he wants to do with another home. The Bible says they that compare themselves with themselves are not wise. So we need to know God's plan for our home. We should just stay where God wants us to be. And we also know that God always has a plan. God does not do anything without a plan. Jeremiah 29, 11. 
can we recite Jeremiah 29, 11? For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to bring you to an expected end. So there is an expected end for each family. And we should not envy another family. We should not want to be like another family because we don't know what that family is going through. Let us just follow the plan of God for our own family. I heard a story of a woman who looked outside the window and saw a man opening the door for another a man opening the door for his wife. And he told she told her husband, You don't open the door for me. Come and see this family. This man is always opening the door for his wife. Only for them to discover that the door of the woman's side was not good. He cannot open from inside. So he has to turn around to go and open the door for her. Meanwhile, somebody is looking at them from afar and is thinking, oh, this is love that they are showing each other. We should just maintain our lane and be content with God's plan. Some people are jackpying now. Everybody wants to jackpot. But for all you care, the plan of God for another family may be to prosper in Nigeria. And they will go abroad and they will be struggling. Let us be able to discover the plan of God for our family and stay on that lane. The third one says, God does not think or reason the way we do. Isaiah 55 verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways are my ways, declares the Lord. So man, man looks at things differently, God looks at things differently. So for us to make it in life, even in our family, we must know God's plan. We must know God's plan. We must seek his face and know it. That is the only way we can fulfill purpose. Because he's the one that knows the end from the beginning. As he brought us together, he had already had a plan. So we need to know the plan and work in it. Finally, God's desires that we should trust him. Please, can somebody read Numbers 23, 19? God desires that we should trust him. We should trust him. Numbers 23, 19. Numbers 23, 19. Not a man that he should lie. Not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. So let's calm down. Let's calm down. Let's have, we learned it two weeks ago. Let our focus be God. If our focus is God, husband is focusing on God, wife is focusing on God, children are focusing on God, that family will make it in life. But if we look at our challenges or we compare ourselves with ourselves, we cannot fulfill God's plan. I pray that the fire of the Holy Spirit will continually be alive in our homes in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, ma. So for emphasis, what mommy has told us tonight is that it is important for us to know that God has a different plan for us than he has for our neighbor. And so it's, it's pointless trying to compare ourselves with others. And it, it is important for us to know that, to know that plan, to seek the face of God. 
to know that plan so that we are not just um, parambulating, just like the wave. We are just being told here and there, not focused. Hallelujah. Okay, so we are going to number three now, Daddy. Ensure your home is under the cover and protection of God. First of all, as Christians, before we say we are Christians, we are born again. We know the commandments of God and we are keeping them. We know what God wants from us. So, as Christians, or so let me say Christian homes, we know that that very home is under the protection of God when we keep His commandments, when we keep to His ways, when we live a life of holiness. Definitely. We always know that God is the one covering us and covering our homes. Um, we see in uh, here Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 4, tells us that as Christians, God's children, God is, God's presence is always there with us. He protects us. He fights our battles for us. He is the one saving us from all dangers. And that's how every Christian home, every Christian family will benefit when we keep and serve God. Serve God in truth and in faith. Psalm 20, verse 7. Let me quickly read it. Some trust chariots. Some horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Just as also expressed by Joshua. When he saw the way the, some of the Israelites were living on holy lives, he declared that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Definitely such a home. God is the one that is covering for them. God is the one that is protecting them and providing for them. Trust God for your provisions. Of course, when God is there for you, He will provide our needs. He will provide it will protect us from all dangers and fight our battles for us. That's what I think. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Ensuring that our home is under the cover and protection yes. of God. Um, may I add this, sir? Yes. There are some people either because of the level of their feet 
or because of lack of understanding. They still believe that there are, their, um, it is their efforts. It is through their own efforts that they can succeed. It's their own effort. And that's why it is about, I'm working hard. I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm struggling. I'm forgetting that it is the grace of God. The Bible says that the race is not to the swift or to the strong. God has showed mercy. Families must learn once they are in God. And that the important thing is just know that you are in God. Once you know that, then trust God and believe God. It is not by our efforts. Effort is good because effort shows our commitment and desire. But it is not by effort alone. We should recognize the, we call it the God factor. And so, rather than spending 70% on struggling and 30 or 25% on prayer, it should be 70% on prayer on effort. Why? When you have gone ahead in prayer, the Lord will direct you in what to do so that you don't have to sweat or struggle. It becomes ease. And that's why for many people that are enjoying grace, when things are working out for them, they think, oh, it is my effort. Forgetting that it is the investment in prayers that is now working out for them. And so because the thing is coming so easy again, they think, oh, they are special. This is very important for us. When you, when we are, when you know God, all you need to do is invest in the thing. That's why the scripture my brother read earlier on. He said, seek ye first. Seek ye first. Let's prioritize the things of God first. And then every other thing shall be added unto us. It is very important for families to know this. Praise the Lord. And so the fourth one is talking about feeding the fire. He says we should feed the fire. For any fire, any form of fire, to continue to burn, there must be what we call fuel. It is fuel that keeps it burning. Fire in itself alone or by itself alone does not have any, any fuel. So if it burns now, boom, something fueled it. If the fueling stops, the fire will die. So for the fire in our home not to die, there must be something that keeps fueling it. And one of such is family fellowship. Family fellowship. fellowship. Remember our text, Leviticus chapter 6 verse 13. It is our responsibility, sirs and man, to keep the fire burning. Of its own, the fire will not continue to burn. So that responsibility is vested in us to ensure that the fire continually burns. So we are the ones that are supposed to provide the fuel. I was sharing in our review, I was sharing an, um, an example, practical example to, of this family a few years ago, somewhere in Dogby. For many years, robbers never entered their house, that they have been living in that house. 
robbers never entered in. So there was one night that robbers entered. And the robbers now were saying to the family, ah, we have been passing these streets for many times. We have never seen this house here. Did you just build it? No. The others been here, they said no. So how come we have never seen this house before? What happened? After the robbers, the robbers went away, the couples now, the woman, was now praying that, ah, how could this have happened to us? How did this happen? And the Holy Spirit reminded her, for the last one week, you and your husband, that you have been quarreling, have you prayed together? She now remembered what the robber said. I said, oh, so it is the prayer, it is our, the unity and the fellowship that has blinded the robbers not to have seen. So, fellowship, family fellowship is very important, sir, in the family. Yorubas, our elders have been saying that if the wall does not crack, the lizard can never ever. So to, to fortify our home and ensure that there is no crack, we need family fellowship. I've heard it. Husband, we pray in the north. The wife, we pray in the south. The children, they're on their own. And any family, and I, I've said this with boldness, we, because I've heard it's a common thing now. Husband sleep alone. In his, he has his own bedroom. Wife has her own bedroom. Excuse me, how do they fellowship? I don't know. Sir, ma. <laughs> in spite of that they, how do they fellowship and so we need to be careful God will bless you with plenty room and the next thing is now to separate yourself <laughs> but many, lo many local people our local people that is what they believe in uh -huh. but it's just that uh, many local people believe that but uh, it is only when you are enlightened that you know. Because like uh, I studied in Greece, for instance. I, I don't want to talk of Europe as a whole. I'll talk of where I know. The moment I'm going out of my house with my wife, I don't even need to tell her. She will just put her hand under me here like this. So it's a common practice. It's, it's their own culture. It, so if you see a married man and a, a married woman, non, so they look at we will not be suspecting. Did they quarrel before they came out or what? So what I want to say, if they can do that on the outside, there's no way a man and a woman will have separate beds. No, no, it's, 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 not, it's not possible. Yeah, so this is a lesson for us men that are thinking that's the ideal thing to no, do. it's very wrong. It is it's very, very wrong. Thank you, sir. It is very wrong. Okay. And so number five, because we are watching our time, so that's why we are rushing. Number five now. You must make your home welcoming and a source of joy. We must make our home welcoming 
and a source of joy. How do we make our home welcoming? Yes. You want to answer that, sir? How do we make our... I think um, the atmosphere in the house must be conducive. The mood in the house must be positive. If the mood in the house is not welcoming, it's not positive, the children, you will feel it. Even as a stranger entering into the house, when there's no love, you will see it everywhere. You will ask for one thing, daddy can tell you something. And when you see mommy, it's another thing. It shows there's no coherence. The children will go their ways. The mood of the house will not be encouraging. So, but as it says that we will make our home welcoming and be a source of joy. Like I said here last week, I said one night, ma, by two twelve, I was some a, a, an uncle called me that um, midnight, ma. The sister was stranded around beggar. And the nearest person to call was me. And immediately I went to my son's room. Sorry, we are expecting a visitor. He did not argue. He just said, Daddy, who is the person? I said, hey, our uncle from Ife, professor. And the sister is coming to. The guy just packed his things, make the bed okay, and then arranged it. As if nobody ever slept in that house. And we, I woke my wife up. We warmed the food for her so that she could eat. And then when she came in, she didn't even want to eat, but we made her eat. And she felt so relaxed. Somebody that has been in traffic for so many hours. So the mood of the house should be possible. But if I woke the boy up and he grumbled, <laughs> and I woke my wife up and he said, no, don't call me. The woman will know. How is your wife? Then she has slept off. <laughs> and then things will not be encouraging. And the person okay, yes, sir. Um, in addition to that, sir, I want to ask you a question. So we, I want to ask because this person now is a relative. How about where somebody just come to visit us and um, we just, there are some families like that, home like that, you go to visit them, ordinary water, they will not give to you. And before you spend five minutes, you can see them already looking at the time. Already letting you to know that ah, you were here no artist you know that's a proper in Europe As I wanted to add, I wanted to add this one sir that uh, on the spiritual aspect of it a joyful home a happy home is a weapon against fighting the devil fighting Satan in a in, in a joyful home, where you sing praises to God, you worship God, it's, it, it threatens the devil. The devil will be wondering, will be careful to come to such families. So this welcoming we are talking, I think we also should prepare our homes spiritually according to God's ways, that God also should visit us. God should visit us at any time. He doesn't need to tell us that it's coming. But if we keep our homes clean as Christians, we sing praises, we are joyful, we are in a way inviting God into our midst all the time. 
That's what I think. And it, uh, that is the visitors I'm talking about. Yes. Angels can visit us. Yes. They can visit us. So that is the area I'm trying to say that. Yes, well said, sir. Well said. Our homes should also be ready to, to welcome God, to welcome the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit will not come and find impurities, something that we okay. Hallelujah. Very well, sir. In addition to that, also is our relationship with our neighbors. Like I was sharing earlier on in the evening, many of us, not only do we have what we, we eat tonight, we already know what we eat tomorrow. Not only do we have what to eat tonight, we already know what we are eating tomorrow. But there are our neighbors that we know, it has come to our knowledge, that they have no food. Is there any demand on us to also ensure that our home becomes a source of joy to such families? Sir, sir, hey, I don't want to say. Like, we now, it's a very good question you asked. I live in an estate where every, uh, every family, every family, uh, where every family has walls surrounding the home. Two, it will be very difficult for me to even know what is happening in my neighbor's home. Except he, he, he asks, or oh, I hear noise, I may ask what is wrong. But if they don't ask, if I do, it will be difficult for me to just say, have you eaten or not? But there was a time that the church, I think the church shared certain things for us during one, one occasion, almost about two years ago. Oh, during COVID, they shared things for us. But on my own, I just felt, not the landlady next to me, but one of the tenants in the house. I, I didn't quite know how rich they were, but I know that as a tenant with children, they may be having needs. So I gave that to her, and she really appreciated it. But in, in, in a community like in an estate, it's very difficult so that the person will not be provoked. Yes, very well said, sir. You know, we, but you also come to church, for example. There are some things that God opened our eyes to see. Situations and circumstances of others. And we are seeing them because God wants us to do something about them. It came to our knowledge or attention. If you, there are, you will just see a family. You can just see a man or a woman. And you will know within you that this person, since I've been seeing him, I've been only seeing him in, in two shirts. The moment you recognize that, that comes to you, is because God wants you to do something about it, sir. So that is what we are saying. So we all have our that spirit, different experiences. It could not be in our community immediately. But somehow, somewhere, where we walk, where we go to, where we buy, where we sell, or where in our church, or the, our student school. Let me give you, when my son, daughter was still in school, University of Lagos then. There was a night she just called me. I said, Daddy, Daddy, I said, Yeah, what happened? Please, do you have like 5,000? I said, ah. But I saw, just sent money to you yesterday also. What have you done with it? What do you need money for? I said, No, it's not for me. But there's this roommate of mine. 
she has not eaten since yesterday. And what happened? Ah, she said, Daddy, I, I know what she's going through. Do you have? I said, if it's that case, I can squeeze it out. That's what we are saying. She noticed. And she just thought, okay, how can I intervene? How can I intervene in this game matter? So she did not just, she didn't just want to give her something that would take care of her for that night because she could have given her food for that night. But she, in her mind, she said, look, what can I give her that will take her for one week before she goes home next week? So those are the kind of intervention. We don't do, when we do this, we are not doing it because we have so much, not necessarily, but because our home should be a source of joy to other homes and family. Praise the Lord. And so we need to all the points you have listed out this evening. Let us look back to our homes. Is there any area that we need to improve on, to work on, to get better at, so that we can begin to do it? So, because these are the ways to sustain the fire in our home and make our family an impactful families. Praise the Lord. Do you have any question? Praise the Lord. Or addition? I, I have a kind of addition. Um, it's good to notice people when they are in need. But this is a modern day now. You see, pack, you see people packaging themselves. And it's very difficult for you to know. It's difficult for me to know what daddy needs. Because by looking at daddy, what comes to my mind, daddy is a medical doctor. <laughs> so daddy has something he can fall on. But daddy may need something that is not even money. So I, be pray, I hope that we will, we will continue to seek for the spirit. That we will have the designing, discernment of the spirit. So that Holy Spirit can teach us the next thing to do. And again, we need to tell our people to open up. Because Jesus Christ, the God Almighty, even the God the Father that created everyone, He knows our need. He provides for us on a general platform. But he says in Matthew 7, 7, he says, ask. So if you don't ask, you will not get. So a lot of people, because of pride, because of ego, they have remained silent and they are, they are killing themselves. They are not opening up. Probably, probably they open up and they, they in some time, I mean sometimes, and they got the feedback that was not encouraging. But again, we should tell our people, you know, to open up. A lot of times we've seen people coming to church on bike. Men fellowship, mommy announced it, that we were ready to pick them for services. Nobody registered. That is one of our problems. Many of them, because of transportation, they will not come to church. But we announced, we made provision available, but they will still not come because of ego. But sir, I want, to, we help I want us. to ask something to what you are saying. I think mommy will, especially daddy, will know better what I'm trying to say now. Exactly. It will be very, uh, it's, it's not very wise to tell them to be asking. It's not very wise to announce it that if you need to be asking. Already many Nigerians, they have developed a culture, a, a habit of thinking that when you go to church, the church was better. Look, I, I, and I know everybody comes to church for, for, for various reasons, for various missions. But not only this church. I, 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 
Okay, sorry. I have a case, a life case, that the woman delivered in my hospital, right? When we asked for the delivery fee, she was not blaming his own church. That, uh -uh, why is he going to church? The church should pay for his wife's delivery. Uh -uh. Your wife is pregnant for nine months. He's going to deliver in 10th month. You don't know you have to prepare. After delivering now, it is now going to be asking churches in their own church to come and pay for the delivery. Of course, all those ones will make uh, donations. If it's not enough, it's your business. But so, he now was annoying that the church ought to take that responsibility. That's one point. Just as the pastor has said, you know, I agree. When you look, like me, my own profession, I didn't want to say this, but we are discussing it's for learning. My attention has first of all been drawn to the gate men, to the laborers. When I say laborers, those who, who labor, who are workers in the church. Like Julius, I count Julius among the gate men class. They don't need to tell me that they need. No, they don't need. Uh -huh. It's a pity I cannot know the crowd. But the ones that have attracted my attention, the gate men and then the class of Nigeria. So, on my own, for instance, they cannot come to me to take treatment and I will take money. That, I'll give you an example. I'm not trying to say I'm good. That is one service I think I can render to the poor. But if you just announce it that, uh, ah, go to good luck. There are some who thought that because we attend, uh, we do a uh, clinic here, they carry their overall problem to me in the church. No, I said no, not people like you. So we, we can select people like that. We can take it. Praise the Lord. I just wanted to say exactly what Daddy said so I won't take our time. This entitlement spirit in the church, this entitlement spirit, people who don't even worship here, they come here thinking they're supposed to be taken care of. That is wrong. Another thing I want to say, sir, is you may not have money, but you may render a service that you will have money in return. Some people don't even want to do anything. They don't even want to do anything. They just want to have entitlement spirit. You, can't, you don't have work. You are a man. The time my husband did not have work to do, the places he was applying to, some were so ridiculous to me. But he was ready to do anything, to put food on the table. So people now don't want to work. They are just having this entitlement spirit that somebody will recognize them that they don't have and will give them. They, we also need to address that. We had a friend when we were in Ibadan, a whole accountant of a company. The, account, the uh, company sacked him. Our brother started using his 504 for, for commercial... Uh, for Ibadan to Lagos, Ibadan to Lagos, Ibadan to Lagos. He was able to pay his children's school fees. Meanwhile, there are some brethren today. They would rather laze around, sleep around, and expect others who are laboring to take care of them. It ought not to be. It's one thing we need to address. In the church of God. Praise okay, the praise Lord. the Lord. Quickly, um, the conclusion is that we should allow our we should not allow our homes to go cold after experiencing the fire. Because Eli 
Eli allowed the fire to burn out of his home. He and his generation, they lost their calling. And so, may the Lord help us to sustain the fire in our homes in the name of Jesus. Please. Father, we want to thank you. We appreciate you for your words. Lord, help us to sustain the fire in our homes in Jesus' name. And all this word will not come to our damnation in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we bless you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Please, can we quickly... Come forward, those that are representing the each class, because we want to do this very quickly now. Okay, we represent the children. Come on, come, come, come. Give us your name and give us a summary. Be very brief of what you learned tonight. My name is Akre I'm representing the children and the teenagers class. Our topic for today was sustaining the fire in our home. And fire is a powerful element and it can destroy and it can purify and bring out values of any substances. What do we do to sustain the fire in our home? Let your home meet God's standards. God is a standard, God is a God of standards. If you want to be righteous in your family, you should follow the rules and the standard of the Lord. God's standard for us, and also God's standard for establishing a home is by marriage. Two, know the plan of God for your life. God has a good plan for us, according to Jeremiah 29 verse 11, which says, um, he starts as to give us peace, and not he starts of, of peace, not of evil, but to give us an expected end. And God does not think or reason the way we do. We may be thinking left, and God may be thinking the other way round. Three, ensure your home is under the cover and protection of God. To be to be protected, we need God. Some because some trust in chariots, but we should trust in God. Because those who trust in chariots will be destroyed. Feed the fire. In your family, you should have a prayer altar. If you want to fellowship in your family, you need to forgive those that have offended you because it can also be a hindrance to your prayer. Welcome. Make your home welcoming and a source of joy. Let people who get into your house be filled with joy. You entertain them very well. And in conclusion, we should allow our home to go cold after we should allow our home to go cold after if we allow our home to go no, cold. No, 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 okay, thank you, don't worry. Thank you. God bless you. Let's clap for her. Now we represent the first class. Now listen. It's called exceptional reporting. Don't read exceptional what you picked that is not in the manual go ahead praise the lord church i'm very okay. very brief yeah no problem my name is and i'm representing group one and our topic is sustaining the fire in our home 
So what we picked in our class today, um, the very first thing our teacher taught us is that the Holy Spirit is actually the fire that we all need in our home. And um, we need the Holy Spirit to sustain the fire. And um, we talked about how can we keep the Holy Spirit constant in our home. It's by, like, all the family needs to keep on inviting the Holy Spirit. Our home should be um, a home whereby we we pray a lot, and um, our home should not be a home of wood, whereby um, it will just burn and the fire will die. No, it should be strong at all times. And um, we said our home, we should always teach the word of God, how to sustain the fire of God in our home. We should always teach our children the word of God. The word of God is actually very powerful. They need to know the word to sustain themselves too. We need to constantly pray. And um, um, our teacher actually gave us an example of a family whereby this, she said, because they said we need the protection of the Lord in our home to sustain our home. And um, she said the only reason why um, God can distance himself from a home is whereby if there is sin in the home. And she used an example of a, a, a couple whereby they love each other, they are good, they are perfect, they love God. But the wife and the husband were not talking for weeks. And then and brought back into their house and they robbed them of their belongings and she was she was really questioning god especially the wife that she was really questioning god that how did this happen no we trust you we pay our tithes we do all the necessary things we need to do so how come someone came to steal you said if we do the necessary thing nothing bad will happen to us you always protect us and god have to remind the wife that for the past one week have you been praying with your husband you've been keeping mali so when we sin we attract some bad things into our home and then um, for a christian home we should not even give any um, um wall for lizard to even enter our home so we should always pray to god and we should always know the plan of god for our family thank you thank you next please okay now make it better than her uh -huh. praise the lord hallelujah my name is grace I'm representing the second class. Praise God. Uh, so part of the things we learned in our class is that fire consumes and fire purifies. Praise God. And we're told in our class that to keep and or sustain the fire, we must maintain a God-first mentality. That God must be at the center of everything we do in our families. Praise God. And secondly, we must be aware of God's plan. And upon knowing God's plans for our lives and our families, we must work towards harnessing the plans. Praise God. And we also learned that God's protection brings provision. That we must always stay under God's cover at all times. And also continuously fuel the fire. We're told that we can fuel the fire by praying, by studying God's word, praising God at all times. And one profound thing our teacher told us is that we should try as much as possible to always share testimonies in our families. Praise the Lord. And no matter how minute that thing may look, it's a whole lot. And when Thank we you. share these testimonies, it sustains Let's the fire. Praise her. God. God bless you. Thank you. Mama. Nishoki. Nishoki. Kinikoti. Ekote. Praise the Lord. Praise 
Praise the Lord. Let's clap for her. Finally, the other class. Praise Very God. Brief, sir. Praise God. I want to quickly tell us what I have experienced or have gained from today's lesson. He's talking about the fire of God. We know fire is not the fire we are using in our kitchen. We are talking this time about the fire of God. The fire of God can consume and destroy. The fire of God can make our lives better, can refine our lives so that we become better Christians, better worshippers, and uh, live holier lives. So the, the, holier we, the holier lives we live, the more Christianly life we live, the more that fire will be burning in our altar, in our home. Everything that God has to do for us, we will be benefiting from it. So now, in a home where you have a, a man and a woman and their children, who we call Christian homes, definitely if you worship God, you make your prayers, you are righteous, you will be under the cover of God. God will be there to protect you. Amen. God will be there to provide for you. Yes. God will be there to lead your way. It will not go wrong because every step you are going to make, God will be there to direct it. Thank you, sir. Okay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's clap for him too. I believe God that we have all learned important lesson tonight. Because of our time, we can still just accommodate just one question. If there's any. Just one, okay. Quickly then. Do we have you all given our offering? Okay. Just quickly. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Okay, I would like him, Daddy to answer the question for me. There's a friend of mine that we've been talking for a while now, and she told me, because Daddy said in his home, in their home, they don't take birthdays. Birthday should be very special. So I said, let me just ask the question, because she's asking me. In her, in, she said, when it was her birthday two months ago, I think that was around March, she said, well, usually, her children 
usually wake, wake her up with a um, birthday song and all of that. But this time around, she got up before everybody and she was already going about the house choice and all of that and all of that. So she said when it was um, So time what is for, the question? The question now is, while the, while the children were celebrating her, her husband was in the house. He, ref, he didn't celebrate with, her, with them. Usually he would pray with her, say happy birthday and all of that, but he didn't celebrate with her, no happy birthday, no message, no talk. He just pretended as if nothing was happening and he was just carrying on like that. And she's angry. And she even went to him and said, you didn't even wish me happy birthday. He still did not what act as if. Now the question is, the question is now is, she says she cannot forgive him. That she don't know how, because she's telling him and he's not ready to apologize or something. So that she was asking that, what do I think she should do? That because she cannot see herself forgiving him that it's her birthday. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Pastor wants to, okay. <laughs> um, well, I will advise her to forgive. And I will also want to ask her, when the husband was celebrating his birthday, did she celebrated him the way she was expecting him to celebrate her? If the husband's birthday has not come, maybe hers came before his, when his own come, let him lay the example of how the family should be celebrating themselves during their bad days. I'm sure the husband will pick it up from there. Because some people are not just used to being, um, to be celebrating themselves like that. Praise the Lord. Who is the sister that asked the question? The enemy wants to come into that family and she should stop it. Something as severe as birthday, even if it is important. I'm like a moving calendar in my home. I know everybody celebrating birthday and things like that. Is that enough for her to fight her husband? Before you know what is happening, the enemy has eroded to that family. Even if the husband was patching up with her, when she begins to fight him, she's about to lose him completely. He will just have one excuse or the other to go to the woman that is waiting for him outside. Let her just, you know, whether he has uh, apologized or not, she better overlook it. Oh, I don't know how old she is, but if she wants to keep her home, if she wants to keep her home, somebody, I asked somebody some years ago, how do you forgive? He said, I normally expect people to offend me. So even before they offend me, I've already forgiven them. When they now offend, it doesn't matter. She's now picking on birthday, and she wants to quarrel with her husband. She's creating a crack in that home. And I pray that she stops it immediately so that we can mend, God can mend that crack. Praise the Lord. I want us to look at it from the angle that something has happened. The man wouldn't just behave that way. You started the story by telling us they normally celebrate singing and so on to wake the woman up. And I'm sure the husband too would have been there to pray with them. Something went wrong. She should have found out from the husband, my darling, you don't do this. What happened to you? Is there anything wrong in the office? Is there something disturbing you? Have I done anything wrong? But if she's just taking it upon herself and lashing it on him, 
first of all, find out the root cause of this problem. I pray, I don't know the whom, but I pray the Lord will sustain them and will revive them in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Now we need to close. So shall we just be on our faith? I was beginning to appreciate God for tonight. I think tonight has been a very special night. I think the Lord has done a lot to teach us how to sustain the fire in our home. So let's just give praise and appreciation to God and thank Him for giving us the opportunity to be here. I tell you, it's a very special blessing for us to be part of this digging deep tonight. So appreciate Him that has made it possible for you. And ask God that He will help you, He will enable you, if He give you the grace to sustain the fire in your own home. Ask for grace to sustain the fire, that the fire in your home will never ever go out in the name of Jesus. And so shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. You are listening to Freedom Radio. We bring you the undiluted word of God 24-7.